This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Release. Relief, 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 because DC United ended the weekend with a victory, even though I don't feel so happy because the Capitals got their asses handed to them against the Carolina Hurricanes. That wasn't fun. But this weekend was fun. The Capitals won and uh, DC won. Uh, The kickers lost. Not fun. Not good. They got another uh, a player sent off. Not fun. But hey, DC was fun. John, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? Mine was good. I didn't watch Richmond, so mine mine was better than yours. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I did watch Washington Spirit. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I was the Loudon game this Saturday. That was this Saturday, right? Where yeah, they lost two nothing against yeah. Ottawa. Yeah, the Loudon yeah, game that, was. That was weekend. That wasn't pleasant. Yeah. Uh, but what are you gonna do? I had I had a good weekend. Well, on the, for the Caps at least, uh, Ovechkin knocked that young Russian kid out. That was kind of cool, right? Yeah, there was that. I'm I'm not a fan of. There is one thing I do not like about hockey. It is it is the 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 gratuitous fighting. That is something I will never ever embrace about hockey. I don't care what you say about me. I think it ruins kind of ruins the sport for me in a lot of ways. So, but if you're um, gonna fight, you better win. That's yeah. the that's the that's the uh, <laughs> if the fights are gonna happen, at least you don't lose. So the unfortunate thing for Ovechkin is that uh, he, they won the fight and lost the battle there as <laughs> as they see as they see, completely collapsed the entire rest of the game. Uh, see, I was going to say, if you say, like, you know, what I preferred Ovechkin, I would prefer Ovechkin to lose the fight, not get knocked out, and win the game. See, that's the thing. Like, I mean, they got the last laugh, and they get to, and now I'm suddenly getting all kinds of flashbacks from previous Capitals years. Like, the, it was almost like the, you know, all the good feelings from, like, you know, the cup run and then the start just kind of all just vanished in, like, one motion and so where's the confidence where's yeah. the confidence you okay, have so you have visual evidence of their of their fortitude from last year and that's fair and that's fair i'm not as as upset or as dreadful as it has been where it's like here we go again because they did it and they won and so i think there's if if they don't win it this year i'm not going to be as down and depressed as i as i was yeah. you know in years past so i will admit that that but would be it was a very just, DC it, fan of you. It, it for was you to be that way. It, <laughs> it was kind of refreshing. But we didn't come here to talk about the Washington Capitals. This is not. Um, it's true. W- w- this is not uh, Verizon Center refugees or wherever they played. Uh, I think they played in Baltimore at one point. But anyway. Oh my God, he's so young, guys. He doesn't know where they used to play. He doesn't know where USA Arena was, guys. Uh, look at this, look at this young guy. I don't. They used to I play don't. in the giant Pringle in Landover. <laughs> was it in Landover? It, I, it I thought it was like it was a close. giant Pringle. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk DC. Let's talk. Uh, let's what? talk actual DC soccer. Uh, so DC United get, went on the road against the Colorado Rapids. Um, uh, we saw the lineup, which uh, and uh, uh, gotta give credit to Ben. Uh, ben threw through a little bit of a. We all expected, like we all had the lineup in our head. We had Ariel at the right back. We had um, Robinson, maybe. Or maybe he does something weird, but we we weren't really sure what that position was. But we knew they were going to play a four three, you know, their usual four was it four two one two or something like that or whatever they play um, with. Um, I mean, bad and missing that. It's four two four two three one is what they yep. four two three one. Yes, that's what they usually play. Um, but uh, Ben kind of threw a little bit of a wrench, a little bit of a of a uh, of a different lineup out there. Uh, they played sort of like a three five two. Uh, which we haven't seen since the Tom Sohn days. You had uh, essentially 
uh, three center backs out there um, with uh, Robinson, um, Pine, or Robinson, Pines, and Birnbaum. I mean, those are three center backs, so to speak. I mean, Robinson can sort of play on the left, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, those were those were center backs. And then you had um, uh, Segura and uh, Ariola kind of as the wing backs. Um, and you know, it was a little bit of a struggle to begin the game, but uh, through ten minutes. Uh, they absolutely punished Colorado, and uh, they held on for dear life, which what happens when you play an MLS on the road. But um, what what do we make of this performance, John? Is it a, oh, good, we're back, or is it a, uh, well, they got kind of lucky there? I think it, it should be a rest- restoration of confidence a little bit, I think. I think the, the, the feeling was this team all of a sudden forgot how to be good, forgot how to score goals. The offense forgot how to be creative. Players forgot how to run off the ball and create for each other. Uh, and then you see that they did that for for a very for a blitzkrieg ten minutes. Um, the second half was a different story that happens. Um, but the the important thing is that uh, Luciano Acosta has not forgotten how to soccer. He is not. Uh, there is not a PSG logo circling his head like a cartoon bird uh, throughout the game while he's playing. He he's still he's still fine. He, he granted he has not been his his, his good self. He's not been his twenty eighteen self for sure. Uh, but he, the talent is there, and it'll come back when it needs to. And it did, and it did this game. Um, I, I will admit, when I saw the lineup before the game, I glo- I just didn't even register Pines. Yeah, like I didn't even. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even gonna look over there because I know who's there. And, and then, then I like, saw loud and tweeted, "Good luck, Donovan." I was like, on the bench? That's weird. Who cares? Why would you tweet that? <laughs> and then, like a minute before the game, I saw. I was like, oh wow, that's wow, that's kind of amazing. Suddenly, so you saw the massive, now. the massive man who is somehow, yes, somehow eight, eighteen, nineteen years old. They showed the picture of like of Donovan Pines like shaking hands with like Ben Olsen at one point, and I'm like, good gracious, that man is just ginormous. He could, he could launch Ben like a. I don't know, like a small thing. That's and, what he could do. And, and you have to give Ben Olsen credit because, I mean, the one thing we've all heard, we all know about Ben. Ben trusts certain guys, and we saw in the in the uh, Montreal game when he throws out Segura, it was very clear he trusts you know Segura over uh, over Ameriqua. And you know there there are guys who are Ben's guys, and he also you know is one of his criticisms he didn't doesn't trust young players. I, I almost think like he 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 like reads online like the people say oh you don't trust young players. He's like well. How about this? And then he throws out Donovan Pines, Jalen Robinson, Chris Durkin over uh, Russell Knauss, which was, um, a supr- I think, something maybe we all kind of in the back of our head thought would happen, but I didn't think it was going to happen necessarily in this game. Um, and uh, the guy, the young guys showed up. Um, I think maybe Jalen Robinson was maybe the only, I don't know, suspect, but I thought Donovan Pines was solid. Um, Chris Durkin, of course, gets his first MLS goal. Uh, congratulations to him. Actually, his per- first professional goal, apparently. They said that, and I had to go look back. I was like, I'm pretty sure he scored for the kickers. He was like the only good player on the kickers during some of those seasons. Uh, but he, in fact, has not scored. Um, so, uh, gr- uh, great goal for him. I actually, we, I was sitting, we were watching um, at a bar on my on one of my friend's tablets. Uh, at the And so, like, on the Durkin goal, I saw the pass, and I saw the goal, and I thought, wow, that's a great finish from Wayne Rooney. Because I just assumed that it was Wayne Rooney, you know, that scored it, and I couldn't, and the quality was kind of was dugging out a little bit. And then I saw uh, Chris Durkin's hands in the air, and I thought, holy crap, what a goal from Chris Durkin. Um, so uh, good to see him on the score sheet. And uh, I guess the question now is, uh, does this game mean that Knauss is now on the bench and we get to see the Durkin show for probably till the summer? No. No. Zero percent zero percent chance that happens. I will bet I will bet you all the money. Canals is back in back in the lineup. Uh Ben is loath to punish 
his veterans for the success of uh, a player coming in on a rotation. It's a bummer for those players in rotation, uh, but uh, Ben has now said multiple times, we want Durkin to get 15 games this season, either with us, the national team, or with Loudon. So he does not see this as a as a instantaneous, we need to make a changeover. He sees Knaus and Moreno as being the better players. If if the only time Durkin will come in is if one of those players needs a blow, if there's too many, if there's multiple games in a short period of time, that's when he'll cycle them in. Um, three games has looked rough, but uh, I will bet you all of the money that he's back. That's just the way Ben has always operated. But Durkin's goal, I, like you actually also thought it was Rooney for a second. Uh, just from just from the body language, where he was in the field, the way the run he made, the pass from Acosta, like it looked, it looked very forward esque, and he and he took his he took a touch and put the ball exactly. He did not look like a defensive midfielder that uh, has never been anywhere near the goal before. That's that's for certain. And, and he Tim Howard too, too, which is like, I mean, that's yes. something I'm sure he never thought would happen. Um, <laughs> but a, a great goal for him and a great way to get on the score sheet. I do think now it, it's, in my opinion, it is at least now a competition. Uh, between Russell Knauss and uh, and Chris Durkin. Um, and, I mean, if Russell Knauss continues to have a game like he had against LAFC, uh, I think you could see a switch. I, I really, really do. Because um, right now, uh, Durkin's looking like the looking like the hot hand. I thought he was excellent even without the goal. Uh, I thought he was excellent on the field, um, tracking back and, and making defensive moves. Uh, one guy also who uh, we sort of talked about, I think, in the last episode, kind of saying, you know, where's the – Where's the difference maker? Where where's where's the the big uh, where's the signing that's gonna you know put this team over the top? And you know we talked about how good Hara has been, uh, but we haven't seen a whole lot from T.T. Rodriguez. And then T.T. Rodriguez goes out and has himself probably the best goal of the game. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. He gets it from a bad defensive play, um, but he takes on like three like Colorado defenders, and I could think of probably about you know eight players on this team that would not be able to do anything with that. Um, and, uh, he manages to get a really, really nice goal, um, and gives DC the, uh, the three, one victory and, uh, and proves to be the game winning goal. So, uh, a great goal from him. Uh, I think he's up for goal of the week nomination again. Um, I'm not sure what the, yeah, other he's, is. he's going to lose. He is at 3% today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a certain goal scored, uh, by Ezekiel Barco that has, I think 80% of the vote. Yeah. Um, so that's done. Those that's are, all, that's all for that. Well, those I Atlanta fans s- are in 10th place right now. So, I mean, they got, they got to vote for something cause they're not winning much else. <laughs> so I, I do want to, I want to circle back real quick. Uh, Durkin did look really good, but it, you got to remember this was against Colorado who have no wins. Um, and LAFC is is a complete juggernaut who made almost everybody in the field look bad. So that's just fair, something fair. to wait. Uh, the fact also, I'm just I'm the qualifier now. Um, the fact that Ben was able to make that many changes uh, was driven partially by necessity, partly by the opponent. I don't think that I I don't think he's that generally comfortable throwing all of those players on there in any other circumstance other than necessity. I'm glad he did. And the outcome for at least 45 minutes showed that that tactical flexibility is something he should bring all the time uh, and as needed anyway. Uh, But I just, you know, just want to qualify, qualify that as we move forward. Absolutely. I mean, would would you not agree with me that it's, it's now becoming a bit of a competition now between Durkin and Canals? No, I really don't think that Durkin is in that spot. I think so. Ben Olson was interviewed this morning by Pablo Mauer at practice, uh, and he actually called out physicality as Chris Durkin's one of his biggest strong suits. And most fans would say that Chris Durkin's strong suit is passing, and it's not necessarily uh, the physicality and the defense. He always looks like a little kid 
a tall kid, but a skinny kid that doesn't have a lot of muscle to him. And the thing we're always concerned about is if he gets uh, a strong midfielder uh, that he's having to mark uh, that they, they could potentially blow by him. I think we've seen a, a few instances instances of it happening last year. So I think we're all sort of predisposed to see that. But I think that means that Durkin is able to be slotted in for either player from a rest perspective, not just Canals, not just Marino. So I think that will increase his opportunities to play. But I do not think that I don't think that he's going to be penciled in as a starter unless uh, unless one of those two players gets hurt. I think the skill gap is still too wide, at least in Ben Olsen's eyes. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see who's right. I think I'm going to be right. So we'll see. Um, let's uh, let's shift gears. Uh, did you want to touch anything about TT Rodriguez and uh, his goal? Since uh, you you completely hijacked my uh, thought and just took it about goal of the week. Oh, did we talk about goal of the week? I was talking more about his performance. I thought I thought he had a better game again than this week, and I think we're starting to see what the team saw into him because I think we were kind of asking ourselves that. Um, so you know, I, I think the news also apparently coming out. Uh, I think Ryan Kiefer was reporting. Uh, that Emil Assad uh, is apparently in discussions with his manager about his future. Uh, so I'd be curious. Uh, you know, I think we're all kind of everybody was kind of pining for Emil Assad, but I thought TT's shown well, and I think he, I think he's posed to break out a little bit. Um, I think it's his time. I think that goal he's got a, a, both his goals like have been nominated for goal of the week, and I can't remember DC, last DC player to do that to score two goals that get nominated. For both their first two goals get nominated for goal of the week. So. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, let's, let's, uh, shift gears. Second half, uh, the 10 minutes was great. Um, the second half, uh, the team was definitely, uh, either their legs were getting a little tired, uh, from, um, from the altitude, uh, the thin air and everything like that, or maybe, uh, Birnbaum and, um, Rooney were thinking about the master's tournament. They were going to fly to on a private jet, uh, after the game. So, uh, uh, what did, are we, because I, I did see some comments from some fans saying like, oh, I wish we could just put these teams away instead of just holding on for dear for dear life. Um, my response to that is, does it really matter? Three points is three points. I mean, obviously you want to see your team play well, but you know, grinding out win, grinding out games is what you do on the road, um, and that's how you that's how you uh, you get results and you get wins. And right now the team has as many points on the has got gained as many points on the road as they have at home. They actually have a better record now on the road than they do at home. Um, which is something that is is crazy to think about, considering how bad they were last year. Uh, but John, are you concerned at all? I guess, or what, were you concerned at all by the second half performance? No, I don't think so. I think once they gave up that first goal in the second half, once it was three two, it would have been a, probably a poor decision to go seeking out that fourth goal and try to get and get yourself caught out where there are opportunities uh, for an odd man opportunity or anything else like that. They were just under siege and they had to tighten the block and bring it close to the goal. And they did that. Uh, it wasn't super comfortable, but it isn't usually when a team that you're going against is throwing 11 players at you. Um, so I think it's just about comfort. It's about, it's about from a, from a viewing perspective, it's not pleasant to watch your team just be a shooting gallery. Uh, but from a tactical perspective, uh, you, and also with the tired legs they had with an altitude at the second game in, in less than a week uh, with a thin bench, I think that I think that they probably did what they had to do. Uh, if they had given up the goal and ended up with a draw, I think Colorado would probably would have been entitled to it. I think that wouldn't have been an unfair result. Um, but the fact that they got out of there with three points is is fine with me. I'm I'm not too concerned about it. Whenever you're whenever you're away and guarding a goal, it's never going to be pretty uh, unless the other team has. I don't I don't know unless the other team <laughs> I don't know I can't think of a reason why the other team would not pour everyone forward and, and shoot the ball all over the place. So 
that's that's what happens, I guess. Yeah, especially especially on road. I'm surprised they didn't. I think they had a couple of corner kicks, and I was surprised they didn't pull the goalkeeper. Um, they did not take a Ben Olsen tactic out and pull pull the goalkeeper to try to tie it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I would agree with you. I think you know it's 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 what happens with a lot of road games, um, and what happens in MLS with a lot of road games. Most teams that I guess aren't LAFC right now. Uh, tend to do that on the road. Um, they tend to try to hold on. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta play smart. Um, because otherwise, you know, at that point, if the 88th, you know, I think if you told, if we told DC fans that they were going to get a draw, most would have said, oh, well, you know, that's sounds about right considering how they've looked. And, you know, really that's not a bad result. You know, a bad result probably would have been a loss, um, in this right. game. Uh, but you know, to then be sitting, you know, 88th, 89th minute up, you know, three, two, uh, and then to give up a goal to 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 surrender two points, uh, that looks like two points uh, missed. And you know the, these are the types of games you point to when you say you know that's the type of game that can make you a top contender in the East. Um, and right now they are the top team in the East. So despite all our concerns and all our worries, they're sitting with the top seed in the East. Now they're behind a bunch of Western Conference teams uh, right now for the Supporter Shield. Um, but I mean, being top in the East is very important. You get that bye week in the playoffs. You get uh, all your games up to MLS cup and, and very potentially MLS cup, um, at home. So all that stuff is, is important, um, as far as seedings concerned. And those, these types of wins matter. Um, so, and wins are also a tiebreaker. So, I mean, yes, I would like to see the team win five, nothing as well. Uh, but goal differential is the second tiebreaker behind wins. So you win your games, uh, you get, you get a better advantage there. So, um, I don't really care how they come really in a major league soccer goal difference, uh, doesn't really matter all that much. It's a lot about total wins. Um, and we can argue whether that's a good decision or bad decision from MLS. I think it's a good decision, but, uh, yeah, is what it is. Uh, you noticed, uh, Quincy Ameriqua doing a little something. That oh, game. I did. I, did. So I was watching the highlight. I missed this, uh, through the, uh, through the broadcast. And also I want to, I want to, I want to, I had my first, uh, flow frustration, um, for, for, uh, for the game. So Me I, I, I want to call out, I want to, we're going to, we'll call that flow a little bit later. Um, but uh, Quincy Ameriqua, you could see him on the sideline. It's not really evident from the picture I posted on on Twitter, but you could hear him kind of sitting on the sideline, and I think he was. I could hear him mumbling something, and then they kind of turn it up as he's going to make the kick, which you know is what they do to for the sound effects. And you can hear him say near post, near post, near post. Uh, so Quincy Ameriqua throwing, doing, uh, taking a page out of the the Red Army and uh, yelling at uh, yelling at corner kick opponents. Um, which if you ever come to a kickers game, John, you will get to experience. You get like literally right up on the corner kick takers and get to yell at them. It's awesome. Um, just FYI. Uh, so yeah, fun, fun little thing from Quincy. Um, I guess we can argue about whether that's sportsmanlike, but you know what? To hell with it. The sport is fun, and Quincy Ameriqua made made that moment fun. So now let's get to. Uh, so I, we we were very much. I think last week we were like, uh, particularly during the Montreal game. You know, we're like, oh, well, you know, flow's gotten better. Things are great. Um, I had my first, we had our first frustration with the flow, uh, with, with flow FC. So we were, like I said, we were watching the game, um, on a tablet. Um, and my friend has AT&T service. So he hooked up through his AT&T service to watch the game. Um, and then we get, we get to the flow FC page and it says that we are blacked out. Um, so then we say, well, let's switch to ESPN and see what that says. So we switch to ESPN and they tell us that we're blacked out. So literally, we were in a zone where we could not watch on Flow FC, and we could not watch on ESPN. Eventually, my uh, T-Mobile service did let us watch, um, but that is very much not good. 
Uh, I am a very, very upset that that was very upsetting to me and very much like, I mean, if you're going to throw out this geofence, you know, mess, then, then, you know, it better work and it better be accurate because I don't want to be sitting in a situation where I literally cannot watch the game. And that's literally what we had. We, we had to like come up with like, try five different things to watch the game. And eventually we got it figured out, but still very frustrating and very annoying. So, um, that, that is my first other than the first game, which everybody was having issues, that's my first big flow frustration. And my friend was actually ready to quit the service. He was ready to say, "I'm, I'm gonna go like, I'm gonna go tell them I want a refund because I, I'm not gonna deal with that." So, uh, John, what was you said you had one as well? So, what was your... I did too? So, uh, as we've as we talked about at the beginning here, the team, the the Flow FC does not send the broadcasters on the road, and there was some original conversation about that being a big deal. There were other folks saying it's actually not a big deal. Most places don't do it. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, so the problem is they also don't have anybody in the stadium that's on the horn to the announcers or to the truck. So when there's a question of how many extra, how many minutes of injury time there are at the end of the second half, they don't know. And they don't have, they don't put it in the display. They didn't mention it because they're not there and they don't know. So we were all just sort of experiencing it together. We were all just counting up. Uh, because there was no way for them to know. I felt bad for Dave and Devin because, you know, they can't tell. Uh, there should be someone there. And it, it apparently, apparently it seems to be Chris Hall because he does the, they, they do pre-taped uh, pre-game interviews for the pre-game show and Chris Hall does them. So maybe he should be on a Twitter DM to somebody in the truck saying it was three minutes or the red card was on this person. So things they can't see. So that the Dave and Devin are not just sitting there staring at a display, going, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe four minutes. And and I'm glad you brought that up because so they can send Chris Hall out there to Colorado, but they can't afford an extra like two plane tickets to send. Um, and I, I, you know, I know there's more involved. I'm, I know they might See. need another person that might be out there, might another, another couple of people that might have to go out there. But you can't pay for like four extra plane tickets, and Chris Hole's already going out there anyway. It wouldn't you know? just be that; it would be the production team too. Uh, fair, they, they, fair. They, 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 so yeah. I mean, I get it from a cost perspective. If you look at like what the the end result, like the you know cost benefit analysis for doing it, you can definitely see why they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it hurts the general. I think to me, like things like that, the small components that are missed, um, not being able to talk to players after the game. Um, if you look, uh, see, this is something only a hyper nerd will, will pay attention to. When you look at an away game and you look at the post-match quotes on the uh, on the team website, or you look at the quotes that are in Steve Goss Gamer, they are all the same two or three two sentence quotes from the coach or one player that I imagine Chris Hall, whoever is doing media duty, will send out as a press release to those to those people who are writing those gamers. If there, I understand the media is not going to travel to every game. Uh, every post game but if you had that staff there at least you could get a little more content out of those players and not have to wait until they get home or wait for a couple of days later uh for them to talk at practice about the game and the scheme of things not a big deal you know it doesn't really matter but for the hyper the hyper consumptive fans like us who want all of that stuff um it's a it's a missed opportunity i think to to provide a little more content and and a depth around the game the interface as well on the app is still a me- i i had to search it should not take me you know longer than five, you know, longer than literally a minute to find out the, the repeat of the stream for the game. Um, and it took me, 
because it was like I had to actually go to the, I had to scroll through the view live events and click see more. And they have they don't have them like grouped like, you know, like DC United, FC Cincinnati, other soccer stuff, you know, and then you have the streams lined up. It's all just like one big, long, continuous stream. So that's the type of stuff that I'm like, literally, you can't. Like I like I, I do coding. I know coding is difficult. I know there's a lot of things that go into it. I've never even built anything as complex as a live streaming app. But I think this this should be pretty simple to do personally. You tag the content. Yeah. You tag the content with a, a unique identifier and then you set up you set a filter to only display those items. I, I talked about it on Twitter today and someone who has an IT background said, uh, as someone who delivers these kind of this is Ross Raphael. Uh, as someone who delivers these kind of systems, it's probably going to cost 100 to 150 hours combined effort on the part of the business analyst, documenting requirements, and desires functionality, programmers to code a cookie to hold preferences and render results and a QA to test. And yeah, it probably does. But guess what? Uh, your website without those things is useless. I spent five minutes today on the website trying to find content related to the previous game and anything new. And the only way to do that, the way you're told to do that is go to the events page, click the game. And then they have videos associated to the game. So instead of setting it up, setting up a, a system, an organizational system where you have content tied to a, a subject, you have content tied to a, uh, uh, an event, which is confusing because if a thing, if a thing happens after a game and before the next one, does it tie to the next one or does it tie to the previous one? It just doesn't make any sense. I understand that it would take a lot of work, but I, I have a feeling that the flow FC idea is, or the flow sports idea in general is, we need to make our value proposition to these DC United and Cincinnati subscribers that, huh, I came here for my team, but I found all this other cool content that I wasn't expecting to see. So that when the off season comes, I'll re-up, I'll keep going. I said, well, there's other stuff I like here now. So it's an expense that I want to include into my normal expenses. Uh, but guess what? That's not what I'm there for. It's not what I'm ever going to be there for. I'm there for the thing you bought, the thing that you called your your key, or whatever they call their 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 Halo event or their their key property. Make it easier for me to see it. Don't bury it. Hide. Show all of it. I will watch every one of those stupid videos. I will give you all of the engagement you want for all these videos of practice quotes. I'll, I'll watch all of them, but make make them easy for me to find, or I will not, and I will yeah. get mad, and I will tweet. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll all be mad. All right, uh, but yeah, DC got a win, so that was good. <laughs> I want to end it on a good note. Um, stick around, everybody. Uh, we got an interview uh, with Joe from the Dudes in Blue podcast uh, to preview a little NYC FC, so you won't want to miss that. Stick around and listen to the RFK Refugees podcast. Welcome back to the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, in our continuing segment, which I have deemed uh, the view from section 113, uh, we have Joe Mato. Uh, Joe Mato. This is the second time we've talked to Joe. Um, fortunately, we have taken special precautions to make sure I don't lose the audio. Um, apologies for that, but thank you for agreeing to come on and uh, talk some more about your team. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing way better than NYCFC is, so it <laughs> <laughs> should be fun. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, this uh, Joe Joe does the uh, Dudes in Blue podcast. Uh, you can check them out at the uh, – it's dudesinblue.com, right? You guys have that's the right. – the A's of the full link. We're going to – that's going to be one of my summer projects is to get us to have a full hyperlink and everything. 
Oh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, dudesinblue.com. Lots of articles, and the pod is there. The videos are there. You can check it out. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's get in. Let's get into your team. Um, you guys had the uh, had the honor of opening up uh, Minnesota's uh, brand uh, spanking new stadium. Um, things didn't quite uh, go so well in that game. Uh, give us a sense, kind of, what's the feeling of the fan base after after uh, after that performance? Uh, I, I think it's pretty torn. I think, um, I think you can take away some positives from playing at the Allianz and opening that beautiful stadium up for Minnesota, but out of context, that game looks great. But in the context of under Domet Terrain, head coach for NYCFC, we've only won four out of our last, I believe it's now 22 matches. So when you look at it, uh, on the, on the macro level, we're not doing so good. And I think the fan base is starting to get a little bit impatient and uh, very, very disappointed, to say the least. Uh, well, give us a – I remember we talked before in, in the in the audio that has been lost forever to the <laughs> podcasting gods. Uh, we talked a lot about um, about Sean Johnson and sort of – we DC fans and New York fans certainly – compare a lot in what they think about uh, their their uh, their each of their goalkeepers that they have starting. Uh, Sean Johnson had uh, a, a a pretty nasty boo-boo uh, to say the least in that game. Um, has sort of as as any confidence sort of waned in him or is it still like well that was crap but he's been good so far so we'll we'll soldier on. Well, I think I think just a couple of points on that. So after that flub uh, it, good goalkeepers can bounce back from stuff like that and kind of forget it and just move on. Because if, you know, if you watch that, if you watch that game after he let in that absolutely horrific goal and it was bad, it was, it was really bad. He made a great save to really keep us in the game. So he kind of bounced back within that game in and of itself. If you look at Sean Johnson as a whole, he has saved us way more times than he has caused us games. And, um, I, I, I can't really think of too many, chances that he has let in like this that have cost us games so I I look at Sean as our best goalkeeper and one of the best in the country and um, and rightfully so I mean that was one opportunity I mean look you you when you have keepers like David De Gea making mistakes like that as well you you, you can kind of cut Sean Johnson a little bit of slack uh, you know, DC fans are less inclined to cut Bill <clears throat> just to cut Johnson any slack. Just you know, not out of his own, not out of his own fault, but just sort of the the circus surrounding Sean Johnson. But you know, that's that's us. That's us. Uh, that's our baggage to carry. Um, I get it. I get it. You yeah, know, no, sure. No big... So, go ahead. No, that's fine. I mean, again, I I I look at Sean as a as a phenomenal keeper. He, he like I said, he's kept us in way more games than he's cost us. So, you know, for that, and again, it also helps the fact that we were able to get another goal uh, later in the match to to equalize and walk away with a result. Uh, I think you know it happens, man. It, it happens. Keepers have 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 times like that, and this was unfortunately one of them for Sean. So, if you had to point a finger at one component of the team that's most at fault for the current state of the team is it goal scoring is it the defense i'm looking at your results uh, you've only been really blown out once against toronto everything else i mean there was three goals conceded against minnesota but you guys fought in that game to get the tie um what what, what went wrong why is this team the way it is right now why is this team I, at I, the bottom of the east or I, near the bottom of the east i think it's coaching i think it's coaching and tactics i mean you have to remember a lot of the team, with the maybe with the exception of, of David Villa being a key piece, this team is very similar to the one that 
that Patrick Vieira had when he was at the helm. And, and in his time back in 2018, NYCFC was a supporter shield contender and an MLS cup contender and very quickly became a mid table squad that is probably going to have a difficult time making the playoffs if they keep going this way. I think a lot of this has to do with tactics in a head coach that is not used to being a head coach, doesn't have control of his team, changes tactics from game to game, and doesn't know how to use the pieces that he has to put a winning product on the field. I think it boils down to that. The talent is there. It's just they're they're not being utilized. I mean, we're not playing the same formation every game. We're not playing the same lineup every game. The players are not playing in the same position every game. So how do you expect to to completely change from match to match and and come out with positive results. I think this is 100% on the tactical uh, lack of tactics on our coaching staff. One of the uh, and one of the things I think also has been the issue again is is the team you know seems to like they're still trying to figure out who the replacement is for for David Villa. Uh, Matriza I think was supposed to be that guy, but um, I, he's been out. I, I actually was looking back at the last game. And I didn't even see him on the roster, and he kind of uh, he kind of started off really well, and people were thinking, oh, well, you know, who needs a who needs a forward like David Villa? Look at this, they got Matriza. What's kind of happened with him? Is he is he just is he still playing? I guess consistently, or has he kind of fallen off the the wagon, so to speak? Well, yeah, he had he did pick up an injury. Um, he did play, I believe, forty five minutes against Minnesota. I think every match besides that, he played ninety. But um, but this is a guy who they spent a lot of money on, relatively speaking, in you know, they spent about eight and a half million to nine million dollars on him. I don't think he was a I don't think he was a replacement for for David Villa because they play very different positions. David Villa was a a central number nine, essentially, where as Matrita is more like a number 10 uh, naturally. Right. So I think he's he's looked at as more of a Javinko type player, if that makes sense. David, the David Villa thing, I think our technical staff and our sporting director really dropped the ball because they had a, a hot prospect um, to replace David Villa as an actual striker. And I, I really I firmly believe that the Ola Kamara deal with with D, with um, L.A. Galaxy fell through for NYCFC and they were kind of left, you know, holding the bag without a striker. And they recently just brought in a Brazilian, a bear who's still not 90 minutes fit to kind of be a central a central striker. But. Matriza has been a little bit disappointing, at least in my opinion. You know, he's played six games, and when when it's a guy that you bring in and you spend serious money on, you expect for him to produce. And he has been he's been a little bit of a ball hog. He's been a little bit um, he, yeah, he's been a little bit selfish in that regard. He's got a goal and an assist in his first six matches. And I mean, listen, as New Yorkers, we're very impatient. And uh, six matches, that's that's more than enough time for you to pick up a couple goals uh, if, if you're brought in to score them. So we're a little disappointed, I think, in Matriza's performance. But I don't think he was the replacement for David Villa. I think he was uh, a piece in the midfield or as an attacker to, to kind of cause some trouble. And then him pairing up with a natural number nine would cause some serious havoc. But that hasn't happened yet. I was listening to uh, Taylor Twelman on this week's MLS podcast. And he brought up that I think in 24 matches, there's been 23 different starting lineup configurations yeah. uh, for terrain. Uh, and looking at this year's statistics, it looks like Jonathan Lewis, who's my favorite player on NYCFC, has started twice uh, and has no shots, uh, one assist in 172 minutes. What What's the deal with Jonathan Lewis? The, the conversation all offseason was uh, 
He was a super sub last year. He's made these great strides. He was in the January camp. This is going to be the year for him to change. There was conversation about him not bringing the same level of intensity and effort in training, and that was like his big drop off, and that's why he, you know, was actually loaned off a little bit last year. Um, what what's the deal with Jonathan Lewis? Where, where what's his future look like with NYCFC? It's hard, man. It's really that's a that's a tough that's a really tough question because he's got a lot of talent. We know this. We've seen it uh, both at club level and 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 with the national team with the minutes that he's had there, been able to produce. Um, I I don't know if it's a if it's a personality thing. I don't know if the kid's got personal issues or what's going on in training. But you know this happened with Patrick Vieira as well. The kid would was great when he came on, but had a very difficult time finding minutes. And I, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with it could it be an attitude thing. It could be the way he presents himself at training. I really we have no idea, man. We want to see more of Jonathan Lewis. And, and what we've seen this year of him has not been that great. But again, like you said, it's been a different lineup every single time Doma Torrent fields an 11. So uh, how much of it is the fact that Jonathan Lewis is having a difficult time or how much is it the fact that we tactically are having a really difficult time finding results, even with no matter what 11 players we put on the field? I don't know if uh, I don't know if you're aware of this yet, but um, I actually just uh, pulled up a tweet from uh, Pablo Maurer. Um, who basically says that uh, City Football Group were in attendance at the um, uh, Minnesota United uh, FC match for a quote-unquote performance assessment. Um, so he's speculating that this might be the end for uh, for Dama Turin. Uh, that uh, that uh, what I guess what is, do you think it all is? Uh, is it all just on the coach, or do you think there are other issues that that uh, NYCFC has to answer? I I think. Again, I, just to go back to my original point of the team has not changed all that much. And in fact, I think we've actually improved in some in some areas. Uh, but I think, again, I think a lot of this does fall on the coach. I mean, you look look at look at what great coaches can bring out of a, out of the same group of players. Right. I am in no way. Uh, basically, I, I am in no way comparing NYCFC to Man United. But you look at what happens when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, comes in and with the same players kind of rejuvenates and revitalizes and they want to play for him. I don't think these players want to play for Turin. I don't think he has good control of the locker room. I don't think he's that motivational type coach that's going to be able to, to take this team and bring them to the level that they need to be. I think a lot of this really honestly has to do with the coaching staff. I'm, I, I can't stress that enough. I think we can put a winning product on the field with the, with the players that we have maybe one or two pieces we need to, we need to improve upon. But I think we've got a solid team, and I think they just need to be coached well. And I think they were being coached well under Patrick Vieira. We had our issues with him for sure, almost too stubborn. But Domit Turin is the complete opposite end where <laughs> he changes from minute to minute, game to game. It's like you never know what you're going to get except winless. <laughs> yeah, a, a coach that changes his mind, you know, game to game sounds nothing like what what happened with the U.S. national team over the past, like, eight years. Absolutely no relation whatsoever. <laughs> um, but uh, wanted to also get so, I mean, we all know the big stars on the team. Um, is there any player, I guess, that's sort of maybe a guy you weren't really paying attention to, you know, entering the season uh, that maybe has started to develop and maybe a guy, maybe uh, DC should be concerned about this weekend? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to look out for Matriza. I mean, he's as, as negative as I can tend to sound talking about him. He's definitely a threat. Uh, on the ball. He's very dangerous. He's very, you know, I can kind of compare him to Luciano Acosta in some ways, just being dangerous on the ball, being able to to 
you know, dribble around defenders and get out of tough spaces and get out of tight spaces. But I, I think, especially after this past weekend, two players in particular that you're going to want to look for, uh, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi, who was a double-digit goal scorer for NYCFC last year, finally, I think, had a breakout game against Minnesota, picking up two goals and an assist. And then uh, the other one, which we really were kind of down on, but now we're starting to see a little bit more positivity from is Tati Castellanos, Valentin Castellanos, who played as, uh, I guess you can call him a second striker against Minnesota, picked up a goal and an assist. He was brought in under Dome Turin, uh last season in the summer, but really didn't shine. And I think now is starting to understand when he's played in a certain position, the kid can thrive. I mean, he, he pretty much... He pretty much uh, he scored a great goal against Minnesota and picked up a great assist to Ishmael Zuri Shradi. So those two guys you're going to want to you're going to want to look at for sure. So with the the news from from Pablo Mara about the uh, about the evaluation the the performance evaluation that happened last week, uh, it could be maybe that another bad performance could lead to him getting fired, which is sort of something you want. So uh, <laughs> we'd like to help you do that if possible with this game. It, uh, so, it is and it isn't, man. It is and it isn't, you know, because. It's like, I don't know, because then because then what? Because then what happens? Does City Football Group then throw another coach from a development side or do they throw somebody else from within City Football Group to try to, you know, cobble together a team for NYCFC? Like we're, we're getting kind of tired of this being treated like as a as a as John Champion called it as a feeder club. Um, we don't we don't want to be that. We don't want to be the minor league, you know, the, the double or single A Manchester City. We want to be recognized as a as a top-notch team and I think we can be we were we were up until this guy took over so while I'm looking forward to the prospect of maybe a coaching change it's also going to be difficult because you guys you know you, you know what happens when a coach comes in halfway through it's usually not pretty Joe, yeah I think that's the, the, that's Joe, the other Joe, side of the sword the, go ahead Ted. I would say Joe the correct answer was Pep Guardiola because we all want to see fisticuffs between Pep Guardiola and um uh, this is bad. My joke is completely falling flat now because I'm completely <laughs> blanking on the coach. Caleb Porter? Caleb Porter, there it is. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> sure. that's, that was your joke falls flat. Fisty cuffs between Caleb Porter and Pep Guardiola. I'm going to run th- right through that. We'll just edit that. We'll just fix that in editing and post. That's fine. Um, do it in post. Yeah, we'll do it in post. Uh, so I, I was going to say that that's sort of the, the realization that I had too. That's the That's the real downside of being a fan of this club is that at the onset, you're like, great, we're in, we're hooked into this network that no one else is in. We've got access to these these resources and these players from lo- loans are going to come in from Man City. And it's going to be great. Uh, and and that, this is that is the real the real downside is that that when you're a part of a a, a hydra uh, where the bit the big the big money is being made in Manchester and you've got teams in Australia and you've got teams is there isn't there a team in somewhere in Europe and maybe in Austria. Where where they're, are all the teams? They're part owner. They're part owner of uh, Girona FC, I believe. In in um, uh, I think they're part owner of that club as well. So yeah, they're 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 all over the place. Yeah. So the the, the question is who? You're right. Like who who amongst that circle could you bring in? It mixed discrude could come back as a player coach. Who who's available? <laughs> Maybe some guy in Australia is good. Who knows? That's that's gotta be really annoying. I I empathize. I don't know, man. At this point, I at this point. Our hands are up in the air, honestly, because like it's it's very frustrating being an NYCFC fan right now because you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't at this point, right? So uh, I don't know unless unless Pep Guardiola is is um, you know hanging it up with City after this. I, there was something interesting that came out 
uh, not too long ago, a few weeks back, that there is a clause in Pep Guardiola's contract that if he were to leave Manchester City, that he would go to New York City FC after Man City. So, uh, which would be fantastic. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But at, at this point, like I said, our hands are up in the air because I have no idea what the hell's going to happen with this club, whether they stick with Domet or not. Uh, I don't think at this point they can if the results continue like this. Uh, personally, I, I, th I think DC is going to have their way with us <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, going to Audi Field is not an easy place to go. And... Um, you guys are pretty much fully fit, right? I mean, Rooney's there, Acosta's there. You guys are pretty solid, right? Uh, I mean, other than, well, other than our wing back <laughs> position. <laughs> yeah, depends if you think that two positions on the back four are important at all. If not, then we're totally fine. If, yeah, if that's so. We're, if, so who we start? Who we start on the wing backs will be potentially uh, there will be a contest before the game. As a season ticket holder, I believe I have a good chance of getting out there, so I got to make sure that I'm, that I'm stretched out. The lottery um, draw. <laughs> question. Question for NYCFC and NYCFC fan. Uh, do you hate your field as much as we hate your field? Just from a opt like, or have you gotten so used to it watching now multiple games over multiple years that you're just like, this is just soccer. This is the way that half of the games that I watch are. Because whenever yeah. we watch it, it's like, it's pain. It's visual and aesthetic pain that we're experiencing when we watch games yeah, on the field. Visually, it's not good. Visually, not good. Uh, and also, like, technically not good. I mean, you saw what right. happened, uh, I think it was against Montreal, where the turf was just coming up. I mean, it was in bad. It's, it's, it's in pretty bad shape. I mean, also, too, like, you're talking about, you know, March, early April in New York in the Northeast, where sure. the weather's usually not that great. Um, but, you know, it, it's – have we gotten used to it? I guess we have. Are we getting tired of it? We have been for five years. So uh, trying – you know, the stadium conversation comes up all the time, and we almost made a vow in a couple episodes ago to not talk about the stadium anymore because what are we going to do? You know, like we're, 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 we're at the mercy of New York City being, you know, not very ripe with land available for sale and uh, and a club that is, is struggling. So we're, we're kind of just taking what we have, and it'll come when it'll come. But no, it's it's not pretty. I, I agree with you. It's not it's not pretty. <laughs> and it's also it's also not like fun as a fan being in a baseball stadium looking at a soccer game. It just looks funny. Sp speaking as people who had to had to trudge out to a forty year old RFK stadium, um, you just embrace it and you say, yeah, it's a dump, but it's our dump. Yeah, it's a crappy field, but it's our crappy field, and we're gonna own it and we're gonna and we're gonna beat you on it. <laughs> but but they share think, that dumpy think, field. You know That's the worst is? part. Nothing disguises a bad field like winning. Yes. Yep. So I think, you know, if if NYCFC is able to put a winning product on the field, nobody was really complaining too much about the stadium when we were winning every game at home. You know, when when and when Yankee Stadium was a fortress. Right. But but now I think we're just finding everything to complain about because Rightfully so, because we have nothing positive to really look forward to other than, yeah, we scored some goals this past weekend in Minnesota while they opened their stadium. Yeah, it is. a it, When it rains, it pours it when you're winning. No one really people bring it up, but it's not like the running joke, I guess, when it comes with that, with how the team's playing. No. Um, so let's get to the to the next week game. Uh, what is your prediction for the upcoming game? Oh, my God. You're asking me for a result prediction. Yes, we do that uh, with all our guests. You got. Oh we'll put. God. We will hold you to it too. So you know. You, no, that's you, fine. No, that's fine. I, I hope no, none of our fans listen to this. But I'm thinking <laughs> three to one DC. Ooh, 
I'm going to say it's going to be a lot closer. I don't think DC's playing. They they did win last week in Colorado, but lately they I think they're still struggling a little bit. Um, so I'm going with a, a two one. I'm still going to say a victory, but a two one victory. So I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I can understand that. Yeah, John, what do you got? Two nil DC. Um, Ooh, another clean sheet. You're not going to even give us a goal. I'm not. I'm sorry. Bill Bill Hamid is a clean sheet machine, even with two Dude, backs on. on vacation. Sorry, <laughs> can't do wait, it. Did, didn't you guys just play against LAFC or something? I'm no, sorry. I don't recall that. I don't recall I don't that, that either. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think that was, happened. Who was in goal for that game? Uh, I think Chris Seitz. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. There was no stats yeah. recorded. Listen, if you guys start Jonathan Lewis, I'll give you a goal, but you're not going to, so I can't. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, watch watch the highlights from, from Minnesota. And so the problem, the problem with what happened in Minnesota was that they went attack, 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 and they forgot how to defend. So if we go that route again, you guys will have no problem thumping a couple of goals on us. But don't be surprised if we put one or two in on you. All right, Barrett. Joe, uh, tell the good people where they can find you if they want to enjoy your uh, your blog and your uh, and your podcast. Bro. Sure. The show is available um, everywhere podcasts are available. So iTunes, Google Play, Android, Spotify, wherever, you know, you wherever you listen to podcasts. We do a live show every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. So it's uh, we're at Dudes in Blue on Facebook. You can check us out on YouTube and always, of course, at dudesinblue.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joe. Uh, And uh, stick around, everybody. We'll be back to wrap up the show. You're listening to the RFK Refugees Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you to uh, Joe from the Dudes in Blue Podcast. Uh, Really great interview. Really great insight into NYCFC. Uh, should be a good game. Uh, usually games between DC and NYC are always good. Uh, before we leave you all, we wanted to wrap up the show with some Twitter questions. So, John, take it away. So, Christopher Matthews, C. Matthews 41, said, Why were the Rapids fans booing Segura every time he touched the ball? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't understand <laughs> that either. Know? I don't understand either. Everybody was like trying. Someone was asking whether he was on the field during the like the snow game or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's a weird one. I'm not exactly sure. That might have been one Brendan, for for our, uh, our for our Rapids guy to to ask at, at some point. Brandon Cartwright's Cartwright said they were saying Bulisies, which I like. I think that's good. I think that is what that is what happened. Um, another Twitter comment, less a question said. Sorry, there's so many. You guys are so good at engaging. I uh, sometimes things get lost. Uh, we talked about the fact that the district sports got a rare quad. Caps won, Nats won, Wash Spirit won, DC United won. So that's cool. We're big fans of that. Um, uh, sorry. There's really so much. Okay, Angus Long, uh, at Angus Long 9, I think one of the guys who chimes into our YouTube post-game shows and asks a lot of, uh, by the way, that's a quick ad for you to make sure that you subscribe to the RFK Refugees YouTube channel. Yes. Um, he said, thought the formation change worked in the late first half, but Ben should have changed formations when we hunkered down, shifted into something more solid, dropping Ariola to wing back and bringing Ward on or shifting Robinson over. Felt uh, the three at the back needs to possess the ball more. So that's, that's, that's sort of thoughts about the way the defense adapted. Uh, we talked about the fact that Quincy Ameriqua did a funny thing and then also retweeted his funny thing. Quincy Ameriqua is the most online member 
yes. of uh, of DC United, and I appreciate that greatly. Give I us think. some QuincyAmeriqua.com or something like that, like the old Bobby Boswell.com days, please. DC, come on. Give he, give us like give us like five good minutes with Quincy Ameriqua. Like that would be hilarious. yes yes. He his his post game stuff is the only from a player's perspective is the only good stuff I've heard from a DC United player ever. Yes. Like that's not it's free of cliche. It's completely just focus on on facts. Um, this is not a DC comment, but this is something that came up on Twitter. Uh, Pablo Maurer is our full time writer for the Athletic, and will be covering uh, DC United in. in and all additionally, all probably all of the Eastern Seaboard, I would assume. Uh, with so we're excited about that. I think that uh, he he. I was watching Paul Tenorio's live stream about uh, the changes that the Athletic, uh, and he said, and Pablo actually was commenting on the on the on the Twitter live stream saying, um, I, I guarantee that my output about DC United will go up in addition to all this other stuff I've been doing. Um, basically, he was doing you know one article a week, basically as of you know part time stringer thing because he was a full-time mechanic and now he's just a full-time uh, uh sports writer about soccer so that's very cool we're happy about that uh he always does great stuff um dan duck wrote a haiku about flow sports he said flow tv content sparse buried hidden lacking cancel subscription which i appreciate the artistic uh, effort here about uh sort of <laughs> getting into flow sports uh the big thumbs up there he also um, asked. He also asked, "What is happening and who ends up on the Iron Throne?" I don't know if you. If I you... did see that. Uh, so I'm going to out myself here as the guy who doesn't watch Game of Thrones and never has. So I will leave this question to you. Um, I have not caught up on Game of Thrones because uh, HBO is expensive, and I haven't found somebody who's willing to stream it. Um, We're going to lose all of our subscriptions. Yeah, now, yeah, we pretty much did. I, I promise. I do like Game of Thrones. I will catch up eventually, but. Um, who's going to end up on the Iron Throne? Uh, Jon Snow. Just because. He's the main character in the show, so it's, it's bound to happen. So He um, also spells his name right, so from that perspective, I'm into that. <laughs> I think that he's probably the winner. Fair enough. I just uh, saved our subscription base, John, so I better get some thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to also talk about today, uh, there has uh, uh, the Generation Adidas Cup. I think it's, is it being played in Dallas? I don't know where it's being played. Anyway, I watched the game today and there is a guy, most of, most of our listeners probably are not U uh, 17 heads uh, from a DC United perspective. They may know a couple players and they probably know this player too. If they're, if they're engaged, I didn't Theodore Kudi Pietro, who I am now calling KDP because that name is too long to say, uh, scored a ridiculous goal that I hope I, I retweeted it on the, on the show account. Um, they were playing, uh, uh, I believe, Busan. I don't want to say there or Ulsan Hyundai uh, in the Generation Adidas Cup. They beat them three nothing. All of the goals were amazing. Brian Ko, who played for Loudoun United this last weekend, was there. Uh, he played. Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, the, there are really. I I didn't get to see their their first two games uh, in the tournament, uh, but they were head and shoulders above Ulsan Hyundai. Um, it will be interesting to see them play against maybe a, a better competition, but the offense was just rolling. They were just steamrolling them. And Cudi Pietro, I believe is 17. I don't know if he's committed to college yet, uh, but I was very excited by his skill set. Um, it's, it's something we don't necessarily have a lot of in the youth system. We've got Griffin Yao as a winger, but I like I like the more central player, the skill set that he had. 
Um, I'm hoping that that's the next, maybe a, other than Brian Kea, who is about a foot and a half taller than everybody else in the midfield and could pretty much dictate play because of that. I think he's probably a good bet for homegrown. Uh, DPH, Pietro is another guy that I want to keep an eye on long-term. And, and it's a, uh, you know, I, I've, I've talked at length about how, you know, DC's academy needs to be free. But, I mean, when they're producing talent like this, like you just had Donovan Pines and Chris Durkin, you know, boss an MLS game and provide you with some depth that otherwise, you know, you'd probably be relying on a USL guy or some other type of player. Uh, when you have the goal we just saw in the generation, he just cut cup. The fact that Griffin Yao was, you know, I, I even forgot about him in my, when I made my uh, tweet, tweet earlier today. Um, I can see why the team is like, you know, why change? Why, why, why do we need to change? Why are we really going to get that much better? Um, especially when we're already producing talent and we have that pipeline. So, um, I think it's a testament to the to the scouting, to the coaching, um, that they are able to to keep up despite having that that handicap. Um, so yeah, uh, great goal, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the the future. The future is bright with DC's academy. Um, the future and the is... wildest the wildest thing too is that Griffin Yao was young enough to be playing in that tournament yes. by a year. He has two years to play in that tournament. Yeah. Were he not on the bench for the first team? So that's that's how wild things are getting. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with the DCU youth. And you um, missed um you missed other... you missed the Twitter comment by the way I just noticed you missed uh, Tim that? Tim Flesh's comment says what are we doing in the summer transfer rid, uh, window and give some possible names we could target. Uh, you yeah, I may have, I may have <laughs> skipped that one on purpose, Ted, because I didn't I don't have a list of uh, <laughs> we, we got we you know we gotta we gotta read the questions out. The fans take the time to write the questions, um, even though they assume we are smarter. And more in tune <laughs> than we actually are. Um, Yamil Assad is a summer target potentially, but he gets let go of his contract and comes to us. I, I heard uh, Eden Hazard's out of contract uh, at the end of this year, <laughs> so that's a, that's a name I'm looking at. Uh, yes, I think he might be able. To, I, he might be able to crack the eleven. I'm, I'm not. I'm not for certain. Not for certain, know, but he might be. Competitions. <laughs> competitions tough on the left wing. So fair enough. I, I sorry, I interrupted your thought, but you go ahead. No, I, I also wanted to say that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for uh, the the Loud United games at Audi Field are on sale now, and if you're a season ticket holder, you can get a gen- general admission ticket for ten dollars. Uh, you can sit anywhere you want in the stadium. So <laughs> I'm going to go to maybe all of them. Uh, both Trey and I think that that is a very funny and hilarious opportunity that we got to take advantage of. So if you're a season ticket holder, make sure you buy some of those tickets. Let's pack Audi Field for Loud United. It's going to be a weird soccer experience, um, which I'm a big fan of. Anytime you can get into a stadium. Built for twenty thousand with like eight hundred people in it. You got to go. You got to do it. So uh, buy tickets, and but not if too many of you buy it because then it won't be cool. So only some of you buy these tickets. I want it to be. I want it to echo and be very strange. Go go try to sit in like if it's all general admission. Just go try to sit in like the like super like souped up like suites that they have like yeah. on the field or something like that. That's what I, I just I just walk in. I would just open the door, see if anyone says anything. If it's all general mission, it's all general mission, right? That's sure what that Trey said. He was going to, he was going to be very, uh, I'm, I'm not allowed to sit here. I, I thought that this was America. I thought this was general admission. <laughs> so that's the plan. Yes. Yes. I, 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 wow. D a DC involved event. That's general mission. That feels like a flashback now. Um, considering, considering where I've sat for, sat for the, uh, past two games. Um, but yeah, uh, ten bucks not not a bad ticket. Um, that's actually cheaper than the Richmond Kickers games, which are twelve dollars. And um, I don't know if you'll see a better product uh, with Loud United <laughs> versus Richmond. I think it would be a close match of the two teams played. I think if they have man, I will tell you what though, Loud United without the DC United uh, Lonies is a rough 
watch. And it is for a good reason. Like this team is young and they put it together in like a week, basically. Um, and they don't really score goals. That's not really a thing that they do. It's sort of not their brand uh, scoring. Uh, neither, but, neither do the kickers. They've been shut out there. They've been shut out for the past like two games. Like no one, no one scored anything. So I feel like to excel in the USL, you've got to spend money um, on like USL lifers, like guys that just produce at that level. They're not like the your your Dane Kellys, right? Yes, guys who now he's playing, I believe, for Indy. No, he's um, playing for I think it's North Carolina. No, you're right. Maybe it is India. I know. I know he scored. I know he scored. He scored a goal this weekend, which was kind of cool. I saw Dean Cousins like, oh yeah, hey that guy. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's. I, I think Loud United, the principal goal of that team is to develop the first team players. You know, that's their first, second, and third goal is to make that happen. So um, they got to build a stadium. They got to build a uh, training facility, and then maybe in two years they'll be like, all right, well. Let's make this product like engaging and exciting for for neutrals because <laughs> that's not the number one concern right now, and I don't really care because I'm not a season ticket holder then. Yes, yes. Uh, well, it. Hey, I'm. Are you? You're going to the game. You're going to the game, but John, I, I think you were trying to get a a um a press pass for that game. I don't know if you. I'm just gonna it. go. I'm gonna go as a as a citizen. I I, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to front on them uh, and <laughs> pretend that I'm actually gonna write any content about them. I, one more thing, I want to make sure I are I, I included in this show. Uh, apparently, in uh, Steve Goff's article two weeks ago or a week ago about Lucho Nocasta, apparently he thought he was gonna get called into the Argentinian national team at the senior level. Um, it didn't. It didn't happen. I guess I don't know. I don't know when the camp was. I don't know when the last time that they had maybe February. Uh, it didn't happen, but uh, he thought he was. And, and Ted, you made a good joke. Was it another intermediary uh, <laughs> miscommunication thing, or was it real? If it was real, man, how how quick he is, is on the come up. Unfortunately, his performance since then will probably they've been you know uneven. They probably won't get him there now. If he did, that would boost his transfer value, you know, a good a good amount. So DC's got to be hoping that that happens. Uh, yeah. You would have never thought that would have happened, though, right? That that's yeah. pretty wild stuff. That's wild stuff. Even after like 2018, like him running Ohio, I don't think that was ever on the radar. But I mean, nope. this is what happens when big teams want to come in and grab you. Uh, suddenly, uh, national team prospects, national teams start to pay attention. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, we we uh, we shall see. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. If we see him get called up, it'll be pretty crazy. So, um, all right. Uh, I guess with that, uh, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFK refugees, Twitter.com slash RFK refugees. Uh, we're on Facebook. Fa- oh, John has one more. He's, he's holding up I, his hand. False, very... false alarm. Uh, just wanted to say we're doing a promotion on Patreon right now. Um, to, uh, we're, we're targeting a number of new paid news to new, uh, supporters, in order to consolidate our two two show a week uh, cadence, I think that that's something we've been toying with. It is a bit of a struggle uh, from a from a scheduling perspective and finding good times to do it. Uh, but I think if we can get that, if we can get forty patrons, we're at twenty five now. Um, it can be a dollar a month, it can be five, ten, whatever you want to whatever you want to commit to. Uh, but we just want to make sure that there are enough people heavily engaged with the content. Uh, that there's a demand out there. I think that we we saw we had one week. I think we had was it four, was it three or four? Was it last week three that we had a lot of them? Three or four three Patreon. Yeah, no total shows. Oh yeah, yeah, we had three, four. We had we had a whole bunch. I don't even remember. We had a lot of shows, shows lot last of shows. week, and I, I think that I think we, we fatigued you a little bit. So I think two is I don't I don't think we want to ever exceed two again. But 
if if two is if two is what you guys want, if we can get that number to forty, uh, so fifteen more, uh, we will commit to that for the for the foreseeable future. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we definitely appreciate all the support that everyone gives us for the show, um, and we we certainly uh, appreciate it. So tell your friends about the show, get them to listen, and get them to donate. Um, it would be, would be the be the way to go about that one. All right. So uh, I think I said our Patreon. Uh, so we definitely plugged the Patreon. We got the Twitter. We got stickers. Hit John up with stick with sticker requests. I'm sure he'll be at the game. Uh, if you buy him a beer, he might just hand you all the stickers. Who That's knows? true. <laughs> <laughs> he might just hand you every single one of them. Um, but this is your job now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you now hand these stickers out. Passing the baton down to you. Anyway, uh, Facebook.com. You can also search the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, we're on all the podcasting platforms that every single podcast is on. Um, if you have a, there is a podcast place where you listen, but you'd like to listen somewhere else and we're not there, uh, hit me up. I can usually probably get us on there unless it's something I'm not, don't eat, unless it's something that, li- that our podcasting platform doesn't support. But anyway, uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. Uh, we will see you all next week. Vamos. Vamos.